So anyhow, we have to this morning, we began Ephesians chapter 3. We started this last week. And um, it's, um, I didn't know what to, to title it this, this week. So I was just thinking of the song, I Belong to You. Maybe that's a good title, I Belong to You, Lord. And um, last week we saw Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. And, and I thought of it in a sense as a grant. You know, people have money to give. There's a grant, there's a promise that you meet certain conditions. Um, there's a gift and there's a location. I ask that you, that out of your riches, out of the riches of his glory, that's the grant, it's coming to us from the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you, that's the promise, with power through his spirit, that's the gift, and the location is in your inner being. So when we look at that verse, we are seeing how that Paul is telling us about the promise that God has given to us. Now, it's important that we, we see this, these verses. They, they are very, very powerful. I, I, in some ways, I thought of them as some of, not the most, but some of the most powerful, influential verses in the Bible. Because it is revealing to us what strength and gifts and promises that we have that God has put in place for us to receive all of God's goodness. So these are things that set us in motion that we will be able to believe enough to pray and to ask and to receive what God has for us in our life. Then we move to verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in you in your heart. So I ask that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in you. So all of this begins and ends with Jesus Christ. Everything here in this, all that Paul is relating to the church at Ephesus and relating to us, it all hinges on Jesus Christ. Our faith hinges on Jesus Christ. He the, the, the incarnation of Christ, you know, you've got three months left to shop for Christmas, okay? It's the 25th, you know, it's just the, this is the 25th, you know, you know, so you've got three months, all right? So incarnation, Christmas, you know, that's what I was thinking about, you know, in case you missed that one. But anyhow, <laughs> that it all hinges on Jesus Christ, his incarnation, his coming, not only his birth, but his life, his teachings, his death, his burial and resurrection, and his promises that he will come again. So all of this, uh, that he may dwell in us richly. So it all begins with Jesus, it hinges on Jesus, and we begin our relationship with Christ by asking for forgiveness and asking that he live within our hearts and our lives and that we continue to read the scriptures and dwell on him. So we find that, that Christ may dwell. So every believer is indwelt by Christ at the moment of salvation. When you give your life to Christ, Jesus takes up residence in your life. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean now you can go live like the devil. <laughs> it means that God is going to help you to live like he wants you to. And so Christ is at home. Christ is at home in your heart, in your life. See, it isn't, it isn't a strange place for God to, to live. He made you. He made the space. 
He designed the space in us so that his presence would fit in us perfectly. It's not a square peg in a round hole. It is perfectly, you are perfectly made for Christ to dwell in your life. You see, people who are lost, people who are running away from God, they're they're trying to shove all this stuff into their life that'll fill that void, and nothing fills the void. Only Christ can fill that void. So that Christ would dwell in us, and he is at home in us, and it is the, the reason Christ is at home in us is that he has forgiven us of our sins. He cleanses us from all sins. He lives within our hearts and minds. So that that Christ may dwell. Dwell in your hearts. Dwell means that um, he's able to live there. How's your room at college? You able to dwell there? (laughs) You know, I remember going to college. It's like, okay. I remember when Rachel, I took Rachel to college. My gosh, those two girls, they couldn't dwell in that room. They had so many clothes, they couldn't even get them near the closet. I mean, you know, they had clothes everywhere and bins and, you know, couldn't even walk around the room. They couldn't dwell there. It was just full of clothes. I didn't know how they even studied. Well, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But anyhow, they, they didn't have enough closet space. You know, these, these dorm rooms weren't made for two girls. I don't think they were big enough for one girl. So anyhow, there was just no space for them to take up residence. Well, God feels perfectly at home in your hearts and in your lives. And we find that that he may dwell in your hearts. Now, the heart is the region of your moral conscious, your moral life. The The region where your thoughts come from. The region where these thoughts spring up in your heart and life the region of your affections and, and of your desires, and that the region in which purposes are, your purposes are formed. So we're grateful for these things. Rhonda, can you back? In the back, way back. <laughs> oh, there they are. So anyhow, I sent, I sent Rhonda back to welcome you in. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. We have new hours. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so, you're never late. No, oh, it's good. Yeah, it is, it's right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to, it's good, you, 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 you know, you're here. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah. So, it'll, it'll be a short sermon. You'll like it. <laughs> yeah. People always want You know, people pray for a pastor to have a short sermon. Now your prayers are answered. <laughs> so, but uh, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 16 and 17 is where we're at. And so as we look at, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So when we're thinking about Christ dwelling and living in our hearts, our heart is the very center of who we are. I mean, it's like where we form our thoughts, form our uh, purpose, we form our lives, we form our dreams. They all come from our hearts. And we're looking that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And, and it goes on to say richly. So we, we find that the, the, the concept then is uh, of Christ wanting to dwell in our life. We may, sometimes we think it maybe it's a little, a little difficult to comprehend. It. But I, I thought of it in the, the sense that we had a lady when I was at the hospital, her, her son was in Afghanistan. 
And she, um, every time she saw me, she would say, would you pray for my son? And she had a picture of her son on the desk that she saw every, every day. And so she herself said, I pray for my son every day. The picture's in front of her every day. When she sees me, she asks me to pray for her son. So the idea is that her son dwells in her heart continually. You know, she's continually thinking about her son. Well, in the same way we're looking at, may Christ dwell in your hearts richly. That Christ, we're thinking about Jesus. We're thinking about his love and his relationship with us. We're thinking about his power, his forgiveness, and his grace. We're thinking about how the God can work within our lives. And we see here that Christ may dwell in your hearts, and he's going to do it through faith. Now, some would say, well, I don't have that much faith. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of our faith is hearing the word of God. The more we hear of the scriptures and the more we understand the scriptures, the greater our faith. And that we can trust the faith. We can trust what the scriptures say to us. So no matter how much we have, it's how much do we trust. So that I may trust God completely through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. <laughs> rooted. Years ago, I did the... Um, baccalaureate for the high school. And um, I, I, I had this tree that I drug around the platform. It was a tree in a, you know, in one of those containers. And I drug this container, this thing all around, the, all around the platform. And my whole idea was, it, this, this tree can't get very big because of its container. And if you leave it in that container, the tree will grow, but only to a certain height because it can't go more than what its roots can go. So the idea is, where are you planted? What, what is your container? What, when you're thinking of your life with God, how much do you have him contained? Most of the time, whenever we think of this, we have God in a box, you know. We have God in a container. He can do this and that, but he can't go over there. Well, if you go up to where I used to live, that tree is about 30 feet tall because it planted it in the ground. <laughs> it's, its roots spread out and the, le the limbs spread out, and it's, it's doing quite well. So moving it from that container to the ground. Do you know, if you, if you look at, you know, if you're a gardener or whatever, your plants and so on, if you're able to dig down for some of your plants, the roots are down there about 18, 24 inches. There's this little plant like this got 24-inch roots. And its roots are not those big, thick things. They're little, as it were, fibers growing down into the ground. It has these little tentacles, these little fibers going out from that root. And they're absorbing the moisture and absorbing the nutrients of the soil to feed the plant. Well, we find that we are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. That we are, our whole being is connected to who Jesus is. And the more we know of who Jesus is, the more we are able to absorb, as it were, those nutrients, that faith that comes from hearing the word of God, knowing that God is with us. Another translation for verse 17 says, Then Christ will make, a, make his home in your hearts. Christ will make his home in your hearts. That's basically what we said. As you trust in him, 
your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So we find that, like the container, our roots have to be taken out of the container. We'll find out as we go through these verses that there is, there is an abundance of God. There are no restrictions with God. So as our roots grow into this presence of God, into this love of God, into the magnitude of the, the love and, and creative spirit of God, we find that there's no limit to what God can do. And we find that, that you, will be, you will be kept strong. Your roots will not only absorb, but they will strengthen the plant. You know, whenever you pull out weeds, <laughs> you know, I always, Rhonda likes to go around and pull out weeds. I said, da, da, da. Let me spray them. I want to kill them down to the roots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kill them down to the roots. Well, she pulls them out, and I said, it's going to grow back because the root's down in there, and the root's going to grow the plant. But if you spray it, you know, that's my like, spray it. And you know it's going to die to the roots and they're not going to come back. Just something else is going to grow instead. So anyhow, <laughs> but our, our, our goal is to get rid, of the, get rid of the weed and to kill the weed. But the root is where the strength comes from. Verse 18. I will have power. <laughs> I will have power. I will have nutrients. I will have dynamite. That power is dunamo and dynamite. I have, I have an explosive spirit. I have an explosive spirit. An explosive spirit that a, is able to believe at a moment's notice. <laughs> an explosive spirit that is able to birth dreams in our hearts. No, not just I dream of being a brain surgeon. You know? No, I ain't never going to be one. If I tell you that I am don't come for surgery. Okay, just don't do it. But there are dreams that God places in our spirit that only he can perform. And each of us have those special areas. Each of us have specialties that God has called us to do. And I will have power together with all saints. See, this isn't just isolating one individual saying, you're better than everybody else. No, this is given to everyone who believes. If you don't want it, you're giving up something that God is giving to everyone. And he wants you to have it. It's to everyone who believes, with all the saints, to comprehend. <laughs> that means to understand. God wants us to understand <laughs> the fullness of of his love for you. We said before, it begins and ends with Jesus. He loves you so much that he died for your sins. So we find that the fullness of God's love is the Holy Spirit's revelation to us about who we are and what God has for us so that we can comprehend, that you can understand how much God loves you. No doubting it, no questioning it. He loves you that much that he would die for you. And you see, only God can give that to you. You can't go out in there and find it. You can't read it in a book. Well, you read it in a book, you read it in the Bible. But unless you receive it, you can't understand it. 
to comprehend the length and width and height and depth of God's love. It means that there is a vastness. There is a vastness to God's love that we as humans can't really comprehend, but it's like the, the, the root system that just keeps growing deeper and deeper and deeper into the soil because everywhere the root system goes, it's fertile. Everywhere your faith grows in your understanding of the Scripture, it's fertile. And you say, so there's this vastness to God that we say, so we don't understand some things. Duh. <laughs> We're going to be able to understand God. We're able to figure him out. Verse 19. Of the love of Christ and to know his love surpasses knowledge. Now here is a very important statement. We are going to know that which is beyond our knowledge to know. <laughs> that's, that's like, what? God is going to help us know what is beyond our knowledge to know, meaning that people who read this, the greatest minds in the world can read this and can't figure it out. It surpasses the knowledge that we are able to figure out in our head, but understand in our heart to know that God loves me so much. He died for my sins. He died for me. Not just to go to heaven. Yes, that. But to live a life with him here and now. His, his power is at work. Let's go on. And, and so it's, it's a, to know that which passes, exceeds knowledge. I am going to know that which exceeds knowledge. Hmm. Verse 19. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What a, what a statement. Most, some of the most powerful texts in the scripture. You are going to know, God is going to help you know the fullness of God. You're going to be able to understand and comprehend that no matter what happens in life, I cannot be separated from God. No matter how bad things get, no matter how good things get, God hasn't abandoned me. When things really are bad and things all go wrong, nothing separates me from the love of God. You see, God is so present in my life that no matter what happens, we are safe in the hands of our Father and nothing can separate us. So knowing this is a way in which we are allowing our faith to act upon everyday situations. So we find that to know Christ's love is far beyond the, the capabilities of human, human reason, human experience. It is only known to his children. It's only known to his children. So we find that it's not your, it, it's not your love for Jesus Christ it's understanding his love for you. How much he loves you. See, he's not saying, love me and I'll forgive you. He's telling us, I love you and I will forgive you. All you have to do is ask. Now I've got, I've got power of my spirit and my word I want to give to you. You see, we are recognizing how much God wants to bestow upon us and help us. 
But the love of, and it's, uh, it's uh, his love for us. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Most of the time, you know, <laughs> we'd say, well, you want me to love you? Yeah, well, do you love me first? <laughs> you, you love me first, and then I'll see if I can love you, you know? You, you know, do we get along? Well, God doesn't, he doesn't ask all those questions. He just says, I love you, I died for you. Here it is, do you accept it? It's like these um, two different containers. One is bigger than the other. And of course, one is bigger, one is smaller. If they are both cast into the sea, the big one and the small one, are cast into the sea, one will receive more water and one will receive less. And yet, both will be full to the brim. Sometimes we think, my faith is too small. Look at them, what a great faith they have. What a great person they are. If, you, if we allow ourselves, no matter what our container is, if we allow ourselves to be placed in the fullness of God's love, God fills us to the brim. Whether we are a cup or whether we are a tank or trailer, God fills us to the brim. <laughs> and so, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Coming back to that part. It is impossible to know that which passes knowledge. It is impossible to know that which is beyond knowledge. But you see, that revelation isn't something that is achieved by intellectual perceptions. It is that which is, that is received through spiritual understanding that I am forgiven and I feel the weight of sin go off of my life. That God forgives me for a purpose. And that purpose is not just to get to heaven, but the purpose is to experience his love and his presence here and now. Did you know that here in, in chapter 3, verse 19, we have the fullness of God? In chapter 4, verse 13, we have the fullness of Christ. In chapter 5, verse 18, we have the fullness of the Spirit. So Paul here in this letter is telling us about how much we can possess of, of the spirit of Christ and, and of God that is to fill us to the fullness. So no matter what size our container is, God wants to fill us. And often we're saying, well, you know, I'm just a little cup here trying to get by. <laughs> and God is saying, well, let me fill it. But that's too small. Let me fill it. Let me fill your cup. You know, years ago we used to sing the song, Fill My Cup, Lord, I Lift It Up, you know. And, and you know, it, it's, like, it's like, we got this little cup here, Lord, fill it up. But God is saying, yeah, I'll fill it. But I, there's more to it than just filling a cup. It becomes a container. It becomes a vat. It becomes a tractor trailer load. It becomes a vessel, you know. And God can fill it all and never decrease who he is. So a vessel of small size, a cup, to vessels of great capacity, the tank or trailers, 
To be filled with the fullness of God is what we desire. And the Lord blesses all his people with the knowledge of his love. (laughs) The knowledge of his love is what fills our hearts to overflowing. And that we are loved not because we did something, not because we have to join this or go do that and, you know, 10 this and 20 that. No. He wants to forgive us because he loves us. That's what passes knowledge. Often we will love if somebody loves us. Don't hurt me, I I won't hurt you. We'll do this thing, tit for tat thing. God says, no, no, no. I want you to know I love you. I died for your sins. I died so that you and I could be together in this life and for eternity. God desires to walk with us. God desires to walk with us and to be our friend, our savior. (laughs) He didn't come to judge us. You know, you're not good enough, David. Well, no. He's come to say, you can fill your cup, and when that's not big enough, let's get a bigger vessel, and let's fill it. And when that's not big enough, let's get another vessel and fill it. (laughs) Verse 20. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Here we go again. To exceed abundance. It's kind of like these words word plays but you see you have an abundance and how much is an abundance <laughs> more than you can ask or think and God is saying I will exceed it that's more than the minimalist idea that you know God loves me I'm just trying to get to heaven <laughs> no God loves me and he wants to fill my heart to overflowing with his with his presence you see exceed means to go beyond to surpass God wants to go beyond the abundance. He wants to exceed it. He wants to surpass it. And the abundance is a very large quantity. Now, I think of the the old story. I have told you before. The guy, this is a true story, I believe. (laughs) This guy was a, um, a pro golfer here in the U.S. And he went over to, I think it was Kuwait and one of those oil rich countries and he played with the first family or whomever and and after a week of being there the the sheik says well what do you want and he says oh um, no there's nothing he says well what do you want I want I want to give something he says well I'd like a golf club and he was thinking you know putter gold putter he's waiting thinking oh my I'm going to get a gold putter and and so He's going on and on, waiting, waiting. It doesn't come, it doesn't come. Finally, he gets a knock at the door, and the guy asks, is this who you are? He says, yeah. And he says, here's the deed to your golf club. <laughs> Exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think. You see, he thought of a club to putt the ball with. The sheik thought of a golf club. <laughs> you see, the exceeding abundance, that above all that you could ask or think. When God thinks of blessing you, he doesn't think of it in the context of, well, I wish I had this. You know, he's God. He's like, you know, his abundance is, he can do anything that he wants. <laughs> he says, so, do, do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Above is a higher level. Ask is to think, to, is to say what it is that we believe. 
You see, if you love somebody and you don't tell them, they're not going to know. Well, they should just know. Well, why? (laughs) Did you ever say it? You see, putting things into words is formulating an opinion, formulating thoughts, formulating uh, ideas, and putting, giving them some type of uh, something we can hold on to. You see, words, you may think of them as just words, but words are something that we create. They're conceptual, and they, they give to us something concrete to hold on to. So whenever we say things, it is a, it's like a concrete block that we can hold on to. And so you don't want to hit people with a concrete block. <laughs> Some people's words are like that. They hit people with concrete blocks. You don't want those. But we find that, that we, can, we have this understanding that God wants us to have and he wants us to say, put into words the exceeding abundance, the things that we think or believe for. Now, we, we often put it in the context of physical things, but you know what? God is the healer. God is a restorer. God is someone who opens the doors to opportunities and closes doors that go the wrong way. God, there's nothing. You see, when we think of creation, God brought creation, spoke it into existence. It means that from nothing, from nothing, he spoke and it became. So in this idea that to him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and here's the real power, (laughs) according to the power that works in us, this power is not someplace else. This power that is of God isn't in heaven. We got to get a long extension cord. (laughs) No, we have Christ in our heart. He has forgiven us. He lives here. And the power to do all of this is already here. Verse 20 in another translation says, Now to him who is able to do immensely, immeasurably more, beyond being measured, and then more. It's like, beyond being measured, and then there's more, that we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The power is in us. The power is already here. The creative power of God is already in our spirit, in our life, and he is calling to us to ask. So what is it that we need to ask God for? Is it for health? Is it for ability to pay bills? A job? A better income? A better job? Is it for healing? Is it for relationships? Is it for something that is impossible? That's good. Because God specializes in impossible. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. So you see, we have eternal life in us. We don't need to be afraid of death because we're not going to die. Oh, this body may fall over, you know. If I get much fatter, I'll fall over. But, uh, but our body may fall over. But it's, it's you know, and, and it's, my heart may stop beating, but I'm not dead. I'm in heaven. 
you know? Hey, bye, people, we'll see you again. But that's the life that God has given to us, and it's inside of us, and it's exceedingly abundant. It's sufficient power to fulfill, sufficient power to fulfill every God-given dream. You see, sometimes we have to remember our dreams are of our own self, but sometimes those dreams are God-given dreams. He is able to do. He has sufficient power to create from nothing. So that same power that was sufficient to work from nothing is the same power that is, that is in us to create what we, what we haven't seen yet. Immeasurably more. What you can't measure, God is going to do more. So take the limits off. Let the roots grow into, your, into the love of God. Recognize that he doesn't want to spend another day without you. And remember that God doesn't want to spend any day without you. And that he wants you to walk with him and be his friend. Not to condemn you, but to walk with you. To walk with you. And our roots grow in his love. God has a powerful purpose through which he will work in our life to touch the lives of others. See, it's not all about us. It's about God working in us to touch the lives of others. I ask that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you being rooted and grounded in love will have power together with all the saints to comprehend the length, the width, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses, that exceeds knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Think on those things. Think of these verses. Pray over them. Let God speak to your heart. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your love that, God, you're willing to forgive us. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, no matter... Any sin, God, you've died for our sins. We confess our sins and we ask you to forgive us. For without that forgiveness, Lord, we don't have any of this. But in forgiveness, we find hope. We find life and strength in you. So, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Fill us to overflowing with your spirit and no matter what our size of container, whether it's a cup or a or a tractor trailer. Lord, you fill us to the full and let us pray according to the God-given dream that you've placed in our lives. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. Amen.